You're listening to the Win Build Send podcast, a podcast focused on evangelism, discipleship, and multiplication. I'm your host, Gabriel Menchaca. Thanks for listening. Okay, so I'm here with, um, oops, can you please state your full name for me? It's Ulf Peter Schütt. So, so you PS my initials from, oops, my nickname. Oops, I did it. Okay, anyways. Yeah, just, not that. <laughs> He's dancing. I've never heard that joke. <laughs> so, okay, what we're talking about, um, I asked Oops to uh, kind of share his thoughts on Win Bildsen, um, he's here, he's connected with Paul and Shauna, um, helping them with the church. This morning he translated for me when I ministered, and so I um, just wanted to ask him his thoughts on Win Bildsen, which would be uh, evangelism, discipleship, and multiplication. So what are your thoughts on evangelism? What does that look like in Germany? Well, that really depends on um, where and how you want to do it, because one of the... Uh, the largest evangelization events is Pro Christ. It was founded in cooperation with Billy Graham mm-hmm. in 19, 1993. Mm-hmm. And that is a sort of mass evangelization, but uh, otherwise it is person to person and it depends on the churches, how they want to promote it. So your picture of evangelism was like a, a crusade or a big event? Like yeah, that. More so, but um, well, my my vision of evangelization is that you can do it um, in every service. That you at the end say, okay, and if you don't know Christ, now that now is the time to receive Him, and um, so that people always can know. Okay, no matter which which uh, Sunday I bring a friend, they can bring him, and there will be uh, the the possibility. So okay. So, the presentation of the gospel, would you say it, the best place to do it is the church or outside of the church? The best place is everywhere. Okay. So, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's kind of what I was asking. Yeah. <laughs> so, is it... But, is but, but I'm most comfortable in church. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's another thought is like, how do you feel as a... Like, I'm more asking as you as a German person, yeah. um, like culturally... Mm-hmm. Um, how does it look to you? Like, can you go to someone on the street and just just start sharing the gospel? I still would have to practice it, but um, I think I'm starting to learn it now that I'm working at the refugee home. Yesterday, uh, one of the boys told me about his nightmares he's having for about a week or so, that he's back in Afghanistan and around the bombs and everything, and he's crying for help. And he... There's no help in his dream, and so I told him, if he next time dreams about it and uh, remembers it, uh, to cry out for Jesus. Yeah. So then you kind of took it outside of the church and into your where you're working. Yeah, and but the, the real nice thing is because they are Muslims, mostly Muslims from other regions, they're more open to talk about their religion. Okay. Because in Germany, it's too private. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It became more and more private, and uh, since since the time of the Enlightenment, it was your private thing. Someone made an extreme statement to me. They said that Germans would rather uh, stand in front of you naked than actually talk about their personal beliefs. That might be really true. 
Really? So that's not that that much of an extreme statement. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I could imagine. Yeah, that's for several. That would be. Yeah. It would be it would be a very difficult challenge to talk about your personal belief. Yeah. So why is that? You think? Uh, my, so my, uh, one thing it's cultural, mm-hmm. but it's it has been a development because after the Reformation, everything, all these different. Christian beliefs fought against each other. Then there was the time of enlightenment, and people were forced more and more uh, to have their own beliefs inside. And then everything flipped. And uh, so, in earlier days, if you would, uh, people didn't talk about sex but about faith, and now it's the other way around. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's that's what someone said that they would feel more comfortable talking about, like, in a way, intimate. Uh, moments in their life than they yeah. would about their personal like spiritual belief yeah because so, they, they say that's too personal so then when you go to in a sense share the gospel with a german person it's a huge task mm-hmm. it's not just something that's like in the states we could go talk to anybody about jesus yeah like it would be like hey man do you know who jesus is and they would either say yeah or like i don't want to talk to you about uh-huh. it like <laughs> yeah, that, that's why I uh, admire some people. I had I have a friend. He's a pastor from India, and he was my neighbor in Leipzig when I studied there. And he was so open sharing his faith with the people. And so I said, okay, I want to learn that too, but <laughs> I'm still a bit stuck in my own culture, if you would, in that way. Yeah. But so perhaps perhaps I'm learning uh, through the refugees now to talk talk more open about my faith. But still. Last year, I was working at a boarding school. It's a Christian boarding school, but very liberal. And one of the girls later on told me she was very impressed of how naturally I live my faith and wow. talk about it. That's awesome. That's awesome. So evangelism, like in, in the conversation we're having right now, um, it's we can kind of conclude that it's a huge challenge mm-hmm. for, number one, a German to share their faith, and number two, a German to speak about their faith in return. Both yep. are challenges. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then, well, in, in a sense, like, that's just something for people, if they're going to come visit Germany, to be aware of and when approaching them, when approaching a German, if you're from the States, yeah. you got to be aware that it's a difficult thing, right? Yeah. But yeah. maybe so, sometimes uh, people are more open. To foreigners. To, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, okay. So then that's, that's evangelism. So what about now, like we use the, the term, the, like I said before, the motto. Win, build, sin. And so the build would be more specifically describing discipleship. Mm-hmm. What is your understanding of discipleship? Like, what does that look like to you? Stay close to Jesus and and in his word and so on. And it's so nice. I want to do uh, Bible classes here in Melbourne. Uh so first in a, a relatively quick road through the through the entire Bible, and then I want to do it like uh, I learned it f- like from Chuck Smith in Calvary Chapel, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, mm-hmm. and so that and to show the people where Jesus is in every single in every single verse. So in in a way, like uh, in hearing you, discipleship more reflects um, grasping and understanding uh, Scripture. Yeah, in the way that you turn to Jesus and stay close to him. Okay. Now because, we... because only only with Jesus we can do anything because that's what Jesus said, without me you can do nothing. Okay, so that's your process of in a sense discipleship, like mm-hmm. understanding how to grow. 
which is accurate, like staying close to Jesus, reading scripture, yeah. and of course prayer. Um, but how would you in turn disciple somebody? Like if the Bible was, yeah. if the Great Commission was go into all the world and disciple, making disciples of them. Yeah, and so teach how them would, everything I've told you. Yeah. So, th- so we were to conclude that that's part of discipleship. Yeah, it's, but, it's just like, I'd say it's also just like uh, you told it in your sermon this morning, uh, that the Holy Spirit convicted you of something, mm-hmm. and so you pass it on. Yeah. And so what I, have, what I have found out in my personal Bible study, I pass on to another person, and perhaps the Holy Spirit tells him the same thing, or he tells him another thing through that. And so he can pass that on. So do you stay in relationship with that person? Or is it just kind of like you share a scripture or share a thought and then it's kind of like, yeah, and if we see each other again, like we'll say what's up. Like, yeah, it, it depends on... Uh, so I had some pupils at the school, uh, especially one boy who told me that he was reading through the Old Testament and uh, he was in um, Leviticus at that time and he said, oh, it's so boring, all these sacrifices. And I told him, you know, they all point to Jesus. And so we met several times, and I was showing him how it how it was going. Okay. And it's really nice that God granted me uh, to uh, still live in Malbon, so I have um, I'm still close to that boarding school in the monastery, mm-hmm. and I can still meet with them. Yeah, so it's like it's like a, a opportunity for discipleship. Yeah, and so that's in one way it's really um, staying close and be, having this relationship with other people, and on the other hand, I still also can. Uh, can share with strangers whom I perhaps will never meet again in this life. Mm-hmm. And then let the Holy Spirit work further on. So then multiplication, as you mentioned a, a, a few minutes ago, um, we view it in the same way of like you, you share something with a person that mm-hmm. is obviously Holy Spirit inspired, scripturally uh, based. And it's not like a, um, crazy off the wall teaching. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's something we get from the Bible, and obviously the Holy Spirit has convicted us and got, yeah, gave us understanding. Some people would say, "Yeah, definitely, that's crazy off the wall from the Bible." But yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Like, <laughs> but God's word is true, and nothing else. <laughs> so then, so then the multiplication factor would be like, um, how would you explain that if someone said, "Like we believe in multiplication," like how would you explain that? Healthy sheep multiply. Healthy sheep multiply. Yeah, so if we feed the sh- if we feed Jesus' flock in the right way, there will be multiplication. Either that the people will bring these people, for example, to the service, because they know that people can get to know the Word of God, or that they will share their faith as well. So, okay, so yeah, that's, that's that a will, pretty good that summary. That would be a, a nat- just a supernaturally natural process. So then have you seen what, you know, we're talking about win, build, sin, evangelism, discipleship, multiplication. Have you seen this in effect, in action, in the German church? In when I say German yeah, church, yeah. I'm, in, speaking, in small... I'm speaking mainly, not, not necessarily about the state, the Protestant or Catholic. Yeah. I'm speaking about the, the um, free uh, or the non-denominational yeah. churches. Have you? Do you see that? I see it in a small scale in several congregations where they hold up the word of God, and then it's no matter if it's uh, if they're more liturgical or uh, if they're a low church. The only thing matters is that they hold up the word of God and Jesus, and then it really then it's really working because then also the young people. And the people that are young in faith want to know more. Mm-hmm. 
So, for example, I, I've seen it in one uh, in one uh, church in Leipzig, where there's really and the pastor is with it, and he says, okay, yeah, and we have to reach to the people and everything. Also, in in my home church from way up north. So it comes from 100% from leadership implementing it, right? Well, if the leadership is by the Holy Spirit, definitely. <laughs> it, yeah, it it depends. It can it can also be that the congregation is saying we want to do that, and uh, perhaps sometimes they have to do it even uh, apart from the pastor. Okay, so that that happens. Yeah. Um. So okay. So. But if they know that it's the right thing, they do it because we have to obey God more than men. If you if I had to ask or if I asked you, which one would you feel like the strongest? Um, emphasis on would you would you say evangelism discipleship or just kind of like seeing helping ministries multiply like which one would you feel like is your focus personally mm-hmm. my, my yeah, personally yeah I, I like teaching the bible okay yeah so where would that fall <laughs> yeah it, um what was the middle one uh wind builds in evangelism build, build discipleship up, build up, yeah. yeah discipleship okay yeah so yeah so a good solid biblical teaching is included mm-hmm. in discipleship um, so what what about your um, you mentioned that you you're working with refugees you mm-hmm. work at a, a school I believe now I have I have been working at a boarding school for the last school year and now I am at that refugee home okay so you're at the refugee home yeah what led you to work with refugees <laughs> um, Paul had Pastor Jack Harris here mm-hmm. and uh, I was also translating him and after the service, I met Renate, who's one of the bosses uh, over the, at that place. And she was telling me that they were looking for people. And I was telling her that I was looking for a new job. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> that was kind of... A, and Renate said, I have to get that one. <laughs> so it was, it was a, like more of an employment opportunity that you jumped on. Yeah. And so what about, what about being there now? Do you feel like your heart has... Um, shifted in any way that your maybe a compassion has grown or like did you always have like the same feeling of like I want to just help well it is that I that I pray more and more that uh, Jesus will fill me with a love mm-hmm. for these boys mm-hmm. because the more I love them the more compassion I have for them yeah and the more I want to share the gospel with them that it's not only my duty to do that but it that it's my passion yeah. to do that and that's that's more important, but yeah. So, at fir- first it was okay. I, I need a job, and so I'm thankful that I ha- I, I've come there. And so now I say say, I'm there, and I want the Lord to use me. Yeah. And now uh, I'm looking for opportunities how to do it. Perhaps perhaps I have to train myself to read uh, the Arabic alphabet, so I can get to one of the boys and have a daddy Bible and say okay. Am I reading this correctly? And for example, read John three sixteen. Yeah, yeah. So okay. So what about your personal um, like relationship with Jesus? How did that come about? Like, did you grow up in a Christian home? Yep. I like to uh, to compare myself to Timothy. Timothy. Okay. Yeah, because uh, God fearing mother, God fearing grandmother. Okay. And especially my grandmother very much formed me. And I love to listen to Bible stories and praise God. I never tired of them. And and what about um, like your your dad, your your father? Yeah, he's not that strong in it, 
but uh, he, he never hindered us and uh, so <laughs> sometimes I'm not quite sure and so I'm praying and everything but uh, I know that the work is that the Lord will work out it uh, will work it out in a good way yeah <laughs> so so you grew up in a Christian home mm-hmm. when was the place or where was the place and time that you um you gave your life over like you really knew that the holy spirit was calling you and you said you know what from this point on my life is actually belonging to jesus yeah so in one case i say i'm christian by birth (laughs) because just growing up in the christian home yeah but um uh at least i was uh, i say um it was in 1994 when i was eight and i was listening to a tape and it was um, the story about two boys getting into uh, getting into an old castle because they want to write a story about this castle and everything, and they get trapped in there, and of course they get out and everything. But um, one of the main points in that is that one of the boys uh, co- uh, recalls um, an event several weeks earlier of that. Mm-hmm where his father was in Sunday school and told them the story about Joseph in the well where his brothers had left him and that we are that we all are stuck in that well of sin and that we have to be pulled out again yeah and that boy remembered how he later on asked his father about that and then um, his father and uh, the father and son prayed together and so the boy gave his life to Jesus and I prayed that prayer along Okay. Awesome. So that's when I put it. And of course, uh, I renewed it several times. Yeah. For example, one, one very special time was when I was in ninth grade and I was sitting in the bus back from school to home. And then I th- thought, okay, I just recommit my, myself to Jesus. And uh, yeah. that's awesome. Man. All right. That's good. We can end it there. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Thank you for listening. Please like, share, and subscribe, and send any questions you have to gabriel at praisechapeleurope.com.